Join me for a hymn sing at the 2023 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 16th, and Saturday, June 17th, at Concordia University, Chicago. This year's theme, Things Above. Learn more and register at issuesetc.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHF is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, dedicated to translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith into more than 100 languages for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Learn how you can take part in their work at lhfmissions.org. Welcome to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Wheaton. After the resurrection, the apostles are still sent back to the Jews, inviting them to faith and their Messiah in the Lamb of God, whose blood has atoned for the sins of the world, including their sin of rejecting Him. But when they would not finally repent, then the days of vengeance overtook them. Josephus' description of the event is some of the most horrific reading you'll ever do. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a daily verse-by-verse Bible study with the church, past and present. Pastor Whedon is leading us in a study of the Gospel of St. Luke. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Greetings, people loved by God. I'm sure you recall that last time, We heard Jesus speak words that clearly implied that the destruction of Jerusalem and also his second coming were simply not immediately on the horizon. Nations and kingdoms will rise and fall, striving with each other. Earthquakes will shake things up here and there around the world. There will be horrible famines and diseases will spread here and there. And there will even be signs in the heavens. Josephus, the Jewish historian, alludes to what is certainly Healy's comet being a sign of Jerusalem's fall when it was visible in 66 AD. But Jesus warns before any of that stuff happens, his disciples will share his own fate. Delivered up to the synagogues and prisons, persecution and trials before the potentates of this age, Jesus says that this will be their opportunity to witness to the powers that be about the power that is coming, for them to witness to the true king. He tells them not to sweat over what they'll say. He'll give them words and wisdom their adversaries will be unable to refute. Think St. Stephen or St. Paul. And he foretells that they're going to be hated by all, disowned by family, and yet not one of their hairs is going to perish. He's got them covered. By their patient endurance of persecution, being faithful to Jesus, they'll win real life, eternal life with him. The continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter, beginning at the 20th verse. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who are inside the city depart, and let not those who are out in the country enter it. For these are days of vengeance, to fulfill all that is written. Alas for women who are pregnant, and for those who are nursing infants in those days. For there will be great distress upon the earth and wrath against this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations." And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. 
Luke 21, verses 20 to 24. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, without your help, our labor is useless. And without your light, our search is in vain. Invigorate our study of your holy word, that by due diligence and right discernment, we may establish ourselves and others in your holy faith. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So you're ready to think your way through today's passage? Let's dig in. Verse 20. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. They had earlier asked Jesus for a sign of when these things were about to take place. Well, here he gives it. When they see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then they may rest assured that its desolation is near. Near, but not quite yet. The 4th century historian Eusebius in his church history wrote that warned by this prophetic utterance of the Lord, the Christians who were left in Jerusalem in 70 AD fled from the city to Pella when the Roman armies, which had surrounded the city, temporarily drew back. They knew that the sign Jesus referred to here was being fulfilled, so they clear out. Another 4th century father Epiphanius of Salamis mentions the same tradition in his Panarion. So, seeing the chance to escape the city, they heed his words. Verse 21. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who are inside the city depart, and let not those who are out in the country enter it. So, the message on the surface level is, get out of Dodge while the getting is good. But here... I want to share a passage from the Opus Imperfectum, an anonymous 4th or 5th century writing that has been valued highly across the centuries. It was called Imperfectum because some of the commentary is missing. In fact, St. Thomas Aquinas, the great medieval theologian, once famously quipped that he'd sooner have the rest of this incomplete commentary than be the mayor of Paris. This commentary takes the passage in a fascinating direction. See if you don't agree. That is to say, when you see a godless heresy, which is the army of Antichrist standing in the holy places of the church at that time, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. That is, let those who are in Christianity flee to the scriptures. And why does he order all Christians to hasten to the scriptures at this time? Because at this time, Ever since heresy laid hold of those churches, there is no other test of true Christianity or any other refuge for Christians who want to know the truth of the faith than the divine scriptures. For previously he was showing in many ways what the church of Christ is and what heathenism is. But now those who want to know what the true church of Christ is can know it in no other way than through the scriptures. Therefore, If someone wishes to know what the true church of Christ is, how will he know it amid the confusion of such similarity unless he learns to know it only through the scriptures? I think that's a fascinating, if a tad fanciful, read of the words of Jesus. If nothing else, it witnesses to the early Christian conviction about what came to be called at the time of the Reformation, sola scriptura, that is, By the scripture alone can you know the truth of the Christian faith. Back, though, to the more literal read of the passage. 
Jesus is announcing the destruction of his holy city by the Romans and forewarning his own not to get trapped in the wreckage. And according to those ancient church historians, the faithful heeded that admonition and escaped. Verse 22, for these are the days of vengeance to fulfill all that is written. Days of vengeance. Remember how Jesus had earlier foretold Luke 11, verses 49 and following. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. So the long-awaited destruction which God had patiently held back, finally will arrive. Notice that the death of Messiah, though, doesn't immediately bring this about. After the resurrection, the apostles are still sent back to the Jews, inviting them to faith and their Messiah in the Lamb of God, whose blood has atoned for the sins of the world, including their sin of rejecting him. But when they would not finally repent, then the days of vengeance overtook them. Josephus's description of the event is some of the most horrific reading you'll ever do. Look him up and check it out. It actually used to be read in church during the week associated with Trinity 10, which usually falls sometime around the time in August that the Romans finally breached the last strongholds of the city. Verse 23. Alas for women who are pregnant, and for those who are nursing infants in those days. For there will be great distress upon the earth and wrath upon this people. Jesus pities the women and children trapped within as well as those who heed his warning and flee destruction. Either way, it means lives of hardship as God's great wrath finally falls upon his recalcitrant people. Verse 24, They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. St. Augustine writes about this in the 5th century. We know that the coming is near by the fact that we see the fulfillment of certain signs of that coming that have been accomplished. The signs that Christ told them to look for are listed in the Gospel of St. Luke. Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles until the time of the nations are fulfilled. This has happened, and no one doubts that it has happened. But how are we to understand the phrase until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled? The 16th century reformer of Christ's church, Martin Luther, he helpfully comments, Jerusalem remains under the Gentiles until the Gentiles have been turned to the faith, that is, until the end of the world, because the temple will not be built again. So the until there. It doesn't mean that after the time of the Gentiles, Jerusalem will no longer be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles and be restored to the Jews as prior. Until functions there as when Christ says, I am with you always until the end of the age. It's the same vocable in Greek. Now, that obviously does not mean at the end of the age, Jesus is no longer going to be with us. It just means he will be with us through all the time preceding. So Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles till Christ is through gathering himself a church from the nations and including the Jewish nation. 
Now, I know there's a whole strain of Christianity that seeks to read into the reestablishment of the nation of Israel in the Middle East, some sort of restoration of the Jewish kingdom, and certainly there are Christians who look for a rebuilding of the temple. I think that's reading a whole lot more into this text than is there. To this very day, despite the attempt to establish Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, huge sections of that city remain inhabited by people of non-Jewish background. And then... There's also the fact that most Jews today are still led captive among the nations. That is, Jews are still scattered among the nations of the world. Now, that's where we're going to call it quits for today. Next up, Jesus will move from the matter of Jerusalem's destruction to the question of his own glorious appearing. He foretells signs and sun and moon and stars, distress upon earth with the nations in perplexity as the sea and the waves roar, people suddenly fainting with fear and with apprehension about what's happening to everything they thought was stable and secure. What can be shaken is going to be shaken. And then the sign will appear. The Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. The vision from Daniel 7 unfolding before the eyes of all. Jesus says that when that happens, it's not a time for fear and terror for his own, but of joy and gladness. Straighten up, he tells them. Raise your heads. Your redemption is drawing near. He then uses the beautiful image of the fig tree budding into leaf. You see that happen? You know summer's just around the corner. So it'll be with these signs. They're not the signs of doom for God's own. They're the sure sign that his eternal summer is about to break upon us. And so Jesus says, this generation will not pass away till all has taken place. That is, the generation that is then alive. Once the signs start to be fulfilled, one will quickly follow another. Then he adds that particularly precious promise, heaven and earth, they're going to all pass away. His words, however, they never pass away. Till next time, people loved by God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a listener-supported program. You can donate by check, make your check payable to The Word Endures, and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online contribution at thewordendures.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.